Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of the MapCon Podcast. I'm your host, Chio Dogu. So before we get into the interview today, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about what MapCon is all about. MapCon is the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Convention. It holds on September the 7th and the 8th in 2018 this year at the Holiday Inn in Philadelphia, South Swedesboro. So my guest today is one of the keynote speakers for the convention. Her name is Monica Rivera. She will be speaking on one of the days, either Friday or Saturday. So on Friday, we're going to have a lot of people speaking in the morning. We'll start off with a boot camp by Super Joe Pardo, who's the founder and the host of the MapCon Fest. In the afternoon, we're going to have a bunch of speakers, including Harry Duran, Mary Nichols, Neil Galache, and Super Joe Pardo himself. On Saturday, we're also going to have a creativity workshop as well as a few speakers. We'll have some fun events. We'll hand out t-shirts, badges. There'll also be tickets for virtual streaming so you can watch online if you can't make it to the conference. And it's just going to be a blast. Pleased to have Monica Rivera, who's one of the keynote speakers, to talk to us today about her journey in podcasting. So Monica is the host of the You Wanna Do What podcast. She's also a marketing professional. She's based out of New York City, and she's here to tell us a little bit about herself, her podcast, and of course, what she's going to bring to the table at MapCon. So Monica, welcome to the MapCon podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today and to speak to everyone who's listening. Awesome. Awesome, Monica. So, Monica, before we get into MacCon and everything else, tell us a little bit about yourself, your podcast, what you do for a living, and, of course, any other interesting thing you want to share. Sure. That's a big question. So I'm going to try to break it down and not be too long in my response. But I, as you mentioned, am the host of You Want to Do What? The podcast. It's a weekly show. comes out every Wednesday. And the reason I started the podcast was because I've been working in corporate America for over 15 years. And it was great until one day it started to feel like it wasn't. Mm. And I often say it started to feel like I was wearing clothes that didn't fit any longer. And at first I just thought, well, it's work, it's not fun and kind of power through it. And then I started to think about, well, what would be some of the next things I wanted to do? But I felt really stuck. And one of the worst things that you can tell someone like me is to just find your passion and do it because I've always been interested in a bunch of different things. So when someone says, find your one passion, I always thought, but how can I decide? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was really common and prevalent in my life is for 10 years, maybe even a little bit more, I had listened to podcasts. And in 2013, I'd actually bought a mic and I did not use it. I didn't even know if the thing worked. It just sat on my desk. It stared at me in judgment and I never <laughs> turned it on because I kept doubting myself. I thought like, oh, you're a corporate America person. Who's going to want to listen to your show? And then last year, In June of 2017, I said, you know what? I'm just going to see what I have to say. And I'm telling you, it was as simple as that. I just want to see what I have to say. And I put on the microphone. I started recording. And I let myself go and talk about whatever it is I wanted to talk about. And that's how you want to do what was born. And from there, I figured out everything on my own. I created my show art. I licensed the music figured out hosting and just really did this intensive deep dive into how do I edit. And you can hear from the first shows to where I am now, 
you can tell I did not know anything about sound. I did not know anything about editing, but I really learned all of that. And I really made it my mission that as long as I have at least one person who's listening to the show, then I felt this responsibility to deliver a new podcast every week. And mm-hmm. then the show continued to grow. And that's kind of how it got into this place. Awesome. Awesome. I love that story because, you know, you were fighting the imposter syndrome all the way since 2013. You overcame yes. it and then you started and you found your voice and you just went along with it. Now, I remember my journey into podcasting, which was around the same time. It was 2013. So I, a friend of mine, funny enough, sent me links to podcasts. And I did not really listen to it until I got to this point where I was like, I was bored at work. I, I just <laughs> didn't like coming back home, watching TV. I, I I just needed to find something else. And I was always the one in the office telling him, oh, you know, we should do this business or look into this or, or we'd be trading articles from TechCrunch or whatever. And I was like, let me check out this podcast thing. And then <laughs> I think from either Pat Flynn, I dove into John Lee Dumas and then before I knew it it was 2014 I was like you know what I'm starting mine (laughs) and that's how I got into it (laughs) and like you too I did not know I think my very first episode was horrible because the lady I called she was in Africa and then we couldn't do it over Skype so I had to call her phone and I didn't know anything so I basically called her on my phone I put it on (laughs) speakerphone and then I was recording into my mic. <laughs> so, so I mean, she was so great and gracious and she answered everything. But I was like, man, this is such a ghetto setup that I have here. I have to find a better way to make this work. <laughs> Absolutely. I sat on my bed and I recorded the first episode. Like, it was just so, I needed to get off of the fear. Yeah. And for me, I'm always like a really analytical person. I've tried to plan everything out. And this was one one of the first times that I can really remember just taking the leap and saying that I'm going to do it. Um, and it was like the best decision for me because honestly, I think that if I hadn't done it that way, I would not be talking to you today. I mm-hmm. think I would have still created excuses to not have started the show. Yeah, that's true. So what do listeners expect when they tune in every weekend, every week to listen to your show? Sure. So the show has kind of changed a little bit, but the re- I've always kept it broad. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because there's a ton of people just like me that are working a full-time job that have this career and have sort of lost a little bit of themselves. They're a little bit disconnected from their passions, from their hobbies, from their goals. And the purpose of the show is just to remind everyone that you are more than your job. Mm-hmm. You, your job is what you do. It is not who you are. Mm-hmm. And every week through little bits of motivation, inspiration, storytelling, that's the message that I try to bring home to the listeners. And I try to do that either through stories. So I have solo episodes where I just share things about myself. And I'm very honest about areas that I'm struggling in areas where I'm thriving to try to be really transparent with the listeners. And then I also bring on guests who I like to say have lots of commas after their name. And so they're not just one thing. They can be 
a full-time employee, but they are also an author and a speaker and a parent and a marathoner to really show that there are ways to get this done and to connect to those things. So it doesn't have to be just Netflix and chill all the time. That's Mm -hmm. great occasionally, but like really, what do you want your life to look like and how do you want to feel when you live your life? That is so true because you don't want to find yourself just boxed into your job and then, you know, sooner or later we all have to either transition out to job, retire or do something else. And then you find that your identity was basically in your job and not in who you are. So you need to actually expand your mind and expand your thinking to know that, you know, what your job is not you. It's just one thing that you do to get money to put food on the table, that you are a multifaceted person. I think I remember reading somewhere that when when we were kids, before we actually get told, oh, you can only have one job or something, most kids are always saying that, oh, I want to be a lawyer, a firefighter. Most, mm-hmm. most, most kids are open to the point of thinking they can do every single profession at the same time. Until you now get into school and it's drilled into you that, no, you can only be one thing, which is so untrue. Right. I love the premise of your podcast. I love it. No, thank you. I appreciate that. I often say that I think that we actually do a disservice when we ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because it almost gives this subconscious idea that we can only be one thing. And for me, I know growing up, I used to have this book and it was one of those year by year books. So you could kind of see how the child progressed throughout the years. And on the bottom, there was this question and asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And if you looked at the book, I'd always circle at least five different things. Mm -hmm. Because even back then I was someone who thought, well, why can't I do all of these things? And I think, as you become older and you listen to adults and they're just sharing their thoughts from their perspective and they don't mean any harm, Mm -hmm. but it does get planted in your mind and your subconscious that you have to choose one thing. And I think one of the great things about the age that we live in now is that you see that we don't have to just be one thing anymore. Yes. Yes. So what do you love about podcasting? Uh, I love everything about it. I feel like the answer changes all the time. But I would say recently, I love the people that I get to meet Mm -hmm. as a result of doing this show. So for me, I like to go seek out my own guests. Even if it's pie in the sky, most of the time the people have never met me before. And I will just reach out to them because I'm inspired by work that they're doing or a story that they've shared And those are the stories that really mean a lot to me. And I love the fact that I try to really develop relationships with the people that I'm interviewing so it doesn't feel transactional. It's not we're going to have one conversation and then I never want to talk to this person again. Like if I invite someone on the show, I really want to hopefully cultivate a relationship with them, not because I need anything or whatever the case is, but just genuinely because I feel drawn to this person and their story. So that is one of the biggest things that I love about it. And then I would say secondarily, um, but really close to first is the community of people that I've met in the podcasting world. I knew nothing about this when I started a year ago, I went to my first event in October and then in October, 2017. And then I went to a couple more events and the people that I've met have been so warm, so generous, And living in New York City, I will say this, and sorry to anybody in New York who's listening, but if you're really honest, you know this is true. In New York, it's such a competitive environment. 
And a lot of times I think we hold information as proprietary because of that competitive nature. But what I've learned in working with people in the podcasting space and getting to know them and developing friendships is people are really helpful with the information. And I think that that's a beautiful thing because in New York, it is really tough to cut through and get people that just want to help you, um, you know, succeed because it is a competitive environment here. And I find that that doesn't exist in the same way in the podcasting space. So I love that part of it too. Awesome. Awesome. And I love one thing you just mentioned, which was that you try to build a relationship with your guests, which I know a lot of podcasters find difficult because um, one of the courses I took when I was learning podcasting was with um, Andrew Warner from Mixergy. And mm-hmm. even at that point, I mean, this was 2014, 2015, Andrew was one of the biggest guys in podcasting. And he said he still has trouble like building relationships. Like he has thousands of guests, but it's only a handful of people that he's actually connected with on a personal level. And he still is trying to figure out a way to connect with everybody else. So it's not like, oh, just come, you tell your story, and then you go away. So right. um I know I too face this challenge. So for people that are podcasting like me, like you, that are going to be attending MapCon and, you know, they, they're still struggling with, you know, how to build a lasting relationship with your guests. How, how can you help that person? What would you suggest? Sure. So I, my advice is only interview people that you really want to interview and you really want to know. So I think that's a big question because a lot of podcasters will be approached by people who want to be on the show and it can be like a tricky balance exactly and it can be a tricky balance of like who you say yes to and and who uh you decline even if it's at that moment or at the timing just doesn't feel right but just be really intentional about what kind of show you want to have and who you want to give this space to for yourself and for the other person because i think that for me it's just it's a mutual, it's a conversation that we're having together as people like you and I are having this conversation, but we talked ahead of time. So Mm -hmm. this is not just a cold conversation. So try to build some rapport with someone first. Um, one of the things that I do, which makes it a little bit more labor intensive, but what you hear on my interviews is a small piece of the actual interview. So as I'm having a conversation with someone, there will be a lot of anecdotes in between. I will share some information about myself as well to really try to create that environment while we're actually recording the interview. And so yes, like I said, it does become more labor intensive because I'm, I have to edit quite a bit mm. at the end of it, but I feel like it just becomes a much more rewarding experience for myself and the guests when I do it that way. Uh, okay. That makes sense. And then that takes me to the other side of the coin, which is what do you hate about podcasting? Editing. <laughs> yeah. So I will, yeah, I definitely do because it's one of those things, like I said, because I have this extended conversation, it would be impossible to just hand that off to a professional editor yes. because they don't know what I want the show to actually sound like. So even at a first pass, like I can send it to an editor to maybe have it engineered so it sounds right or mixed well. But in terms of actually creating the content and the show itself, 
an editor wouldn't be able to do that for me because they just, they can't read my mind. They have no idea what pieces I want to actually include Mm -hmm. in the final product. So even as a first pass, I will go through it myself. I usually edit out my own ahs and ums, I don't knows for myself and from the guests. But then I also get really specific about which content I want to share, which opening clip I want to include. And so that is a long process. And so I will say that that's one thing that I do. Um, I wish that there was a way I could get around it, but I know that it's just part of the process. Yeah. And it's a labor of love that makes the podcast that much better because, um, like you said, majority of the mistakes when you're recording actually comes from the host, especially newer hosts like myself, I remember editing my podcast. I was like, oh my goodness, it takes four hours. <laughs> it takes four hours to do a one hour conversation to a point where I then started outsourcing it. And then even, even that, because the guy I outsourced to, he does a lot of editing for other podcasters. So he has a huge backlog and it slows down my publishing schedule. So I just right. was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring everything back and then uh, let it, let it fly. Uh, right. <laughs> no, no edits. Just let it go. So try to make sure you get better. And uh, I think most of the guests are actually quite eloquent. So it's it's usually if I'm lost in my train of thought or something, then that's where most of the problems lie. But other than that, you know what? Just keep get trying to get better and uh, go with it. So where do you see your podcast heading in the future? So I want to continue to have different guests on the show. I've also started expanding into speaking and doing some consulting for folks as well. And I would like to produce more shows. So I have ideas uh, for myself. I actually was just recently, when I say recent, yesterday, but that reason was um, accepted into an early uh, radio program for NPR. Mm-hmm. So I was selected as a fellow for an NPR program, which is really exciting as part nice. of Next Generation Radio. Yes. So that's exciting for me because I would like to do podcasts that are on location mm-hmm. and record in that environment as well. Uh, there's lots of stories that I want to tell, and it's about building that skill set. And YouTube can only take you so far when it comes to certain things. Yes. And having an opportunity to partner with someone like NPR, who is giving me a little pat on the back by even selecting me into this program, um, hopefully will help set up the next chapters of things that I want to do when it comes to you want to do what and future shows. Yes. And then you talked about consulting right now. So... Um, I think that's a big challenge where many podcasters, especially people that are coming to attend MapCon, is that they struggle to monetize their shows. So tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, do you run ads on your show and how did you start breaking into the um, speaking game and the consulting game? Because it's all part of uh, the monetization process of uh, creating the content like a podcast. Sure. So I don't have any sponsors on my show and speaking and consulting. So one of the great things about having 15 years of corporate experience is that you come with 15 years of corporate experience. And so I've done consulting in my professional life. And so it's a lot of that that I can then take with me into this area. So when it comes to idea synthesis, as an example, so lots of people have all sorts of ideas, but it becomes sometimes really difficult to try to drill down to what each of those ideas are going to be and see if they have legs. 
And a lot of the consulting is really working with people on trying to figure out what does that actually mean? Like, let's keep drilling down and see what it is. So one is a topic. And then how can we really narrow that focus? And that's very different than niche. But it's almost like if I told you, well, I want to talk about education. Mm -hmm. Well, education has so many different parts of education. So do you want to talk about early education? Do you want to talk about um, graduate education? Do you want to talk about kids? Are you talking about the U.S.? Are you talking about another country? So if you can kind of see that. Mm -hmm. So my work really helps people try to drill down what their ideas are. And that can be related to podcasting. It can be related to a side hustle. But it's all about first trying to narrow the focus. Once we're able to narrow the focus, then let's work on the steps to actually execute the idea. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And with that said, Monica, we're just about at the end of the podcast. So before I let you go, could you just give us you know, one or two quick words about why you think someone should attend MapCon? Oh my gosh. Well, MapCon is an amazing event. It's two days. It's very creative. So it's very unlike any other podcasting event you're going to attend. Joe, who is the complete leader and champion of this event, has a really brilliant and creative mind. So you're going to get something out of the experience that's really unique. Um, and then also, in addition to that, the different types of speakers, it's a really diverse set of speakers that are going to be there. I'm so happy to be speaking my first time at MapCon this year. But if you're looking to just kind of collaborate and really brainstorm on ideas and different ways to do things, this is the best event to go to. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Yeah, and you can always check it out at um, www podcastmidatlantic.com forward slash register. I think there's still some deals going on on the tickets for MapCon. <laughs> so you might want to go in there and snag one or two yourself just because by the time it gets closer, the prices are going to go up. And of course, you know what that means. It's going to be a little bit more expensive for you to make it down there to join all the great guests that are going to be on the stage speaking. So you'll have Monica, you have me, you have Joe, you have a ton of Excellent, awesome podcasters and business people and thought leaders in different spheres of um, endeavor speaking and teaching about what they've learned in their podcasting journey. So, Monica, thanks a lot for coming on the show. I truly appreciate you coming to share your words of wisdom, your advice, and um, your expertise thus far. <laughs> Thank you. It's my pleasure. And I'm so if if you are attending MapCom, please come and introduce yourself to me. I would love to meet you. Let's talk about all things podcasting or anything else, because like I said, I love a lot of things. So let's just connect and have a good time.